0: yes, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Three and One Podcast. Joining us from the capital city by way of Cincinnati, but he still roots for the home team. Give it up for
1: Keith Turner Jr. Hey, Fernando Tatis, can I get a loan? Just a small <laughs> loan, bro. I mean, you got it, you got it. What's up, everybody?
0: And also here in the snowy capital of Ohio, by way of several other places. They call him the Black Fernando Tatis Because he wants to make that much money Give it up for your boy <laughs> Malcolm Moore, We yeah. better
1: put some respect on his name It's Junior, you know, we, you, we, know you know, hey.
0: you know <laughs> Junior I'm sure Pops is getting cut of that um, I'm sure So yes yeah, it's, it's a two-in-one special today Missing, missing Ian today But we're going to hold it down for him Shout out to Ian Shout out to the bro down. Man, it's been so snowy here Whew. In the, in the worst possible way A lot of white stuff
1: A lot of white uh, stuff, <laughs> a, lot of white stuff. <laughs> a lot of white stuff Sounds bro, like bro, bro.
0: the NFL coaching carousel A lot yeah, of white very stuff Very much so
1: <laughs> And ownership A whole lot of white stuff
0: So Keith, we're going to have a little intervention How are you feeling? First week with no played football games I knew it was coming How you know, are you feeling?
1: I'm alright, you know Because here's the deal um, It's all about LeBron now That's it <laughs> Once football season is over It the gear shifts to straight up LeBron. Yes. That's it, you know. So uh we're ready to see how he's able to, you know, lead his Lakers hopefully to a back-to-back championship.
0: Yes. But we'll have a lot of a lot of things to talk about uh throughout the football off-season. Yeah um but let's start off with some basketball stuff early in the year it's early early in the season yep. still i mean we're almost the midway point honestly yep um and potential all-star game coming yeah so looking back at some of the things that we talked about early in the year and one of the things were some of these rookies yes. that got drafted yes it was i was very hard on Lamelo ball and so was i and he has so far proven me very wrong yes yes um so i've just been i've been really impressed with him yep um, just his overall game. But Keith, what have you seen or heard from Lamello that yeah. maybe has changed your mind about him so far?
1: I mean, he's playing, you know, really well, honestly. He's adapting to the NBA game. I thought he was going to struggle because, I mean, if you look at a lot of his high school tape and all that, first of all, he's he was a defensive liability. And two, um, he was taking 30, 40, 50-foot, you know, mm-hmm. jump shots all the time. Now, of course, they – quite a few of them were going in um but uh but yeah that's all we saw we weren't seeing you know him really like make us look like wow this dude is really gonna be a monster like a Zion Williamson mm-hmm. or some of those type of guys mm-hmm. but uh, the way he's adjusted, the way he has, you know, he has a really good eye for the NBA game thus far. Yeah. He's, you know, he's averaging, I mean, 14, 6, and 6. But, I mean, that's still, you know, he's a rookie. He's still really young. Um, he didn't play college ball, so he didn't mm-hmm. play against some of the best guys. So mm-hmm. for him to go from, you know, now, I mean, playing overseas is, you know, there's quite a few, you know, really good guys there. But when you look at the fact that he's able to come in right now, you know, give Charlotte, I mean, well, Excuse me, uh, the Hornets. Um, some still know, Charlotte. I mean, that's true. But you know, I was about to call them the Bobcats, anyways. <laughs> um, the yeah, g- he's able to give them some solid minutes off the bench, and uh, I think soon you'll see him in the starting rotation. I think he'll be able to add that much um, jazz to their team, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And I think that's what they need, especially with Gordon Hayward playing well. So yeah. I'm I mean,
0: impressed thus far. I mean, that was that was a big thing for Charlotte so they just didn't have any young talent. I mean, mm-hmm. they the The one draft pick they really hit on was Kemba Walker, and that yes. was you know over ten years ago. Yep. <laughs> but they were never really able to put a team around him nope. or develop young guys. Poor Kemba. Now, like now, they have a team. Right. <laughs> right. It's like so, but now it gives them hope. Like they have a star that they can build around. Um, and I think the thing that's most he has adapted a lot quicker to the NBA game. I yeah. think part of that though is that they did bring him off the bench. Yeah. They didn't yep. put the pressure on him to say, okay, go out there and 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 make us good. Yep. And honestly, they're not. Really good yet, but they're better. They're watchable now. I mean, they're right uh,
1: now. If the season ended, they'd be in the playoffs. Yes, <laughs> which, there's a lot. There's
0: not a lot of separation between like six and thirteen. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, but um, he has made that team better. Made them better to watch and has and has really helped players like Miles Bridges. Yes, um, who. A lot of people are giving up on him, but being able to get him out in transition, um, LaMelo Ball and him have a really strong connection. Mm-hmm. And Melo is shooting the ball a lot better than I thought he would. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's shooting what? I'm, I got the numbers here. 35% from three, which is way better than I would have ever imagined. Very solid. And 70% from the free throw line, which shows us that he does have a solid stroke when you're hitting free throws. Yep. So I think that, and he he plays in a way that, It makes the guys around him excited to play with him. Yeah. And so when you have a guy like that, that elevates the level of your team. And then we didn't we we didn't really talk about it. Um, this off season, I think we kind of glossed over for a lot of reasons. But Gordon Hayward's playing extremely well for this really team. Really well. Um, and we're going to talk about the Celtics a little bit later, but they could really use a Gordon Hayward right <laughs>
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, but more importantly, they could use a big. But you know, um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's come alive. And I, I I think what's difficult, and I think I would even liken it to the Cleveland Browns with OBJ. When you have that many talented guys, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just hard to get that team to jail And yeah. you're talking about a Jalen Brown who needs the ball uh, a Jason Tatum who needs the ball and a Kimball Walker who at times needs the ball it's tough to get him you know that type of shine so Mm -hmm. I think um him going to Charlotte with you know a a lot of guys that aren't great but are decent and then adding a Lamelo ball um yeah it's working you know And, and it's a shame because of course you know Gordon Hayward had that experience with Brad Stevens but uh you know hey it just it's not for everyone so um you know Cleveland the Browns did really well without OBJ. Does that mean they traded this season? Who knows? Maybe I just just throwing in an NFL topic just because. <laughs> but, but that's the, yeah. That, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch the Hornets the rest of the year for sure.
0: Well, that's the thing. We can go ahead and transition to the next topic, which we're going to talk about the Celtics and how they're really having not a year that we expected <sighs> them to have. And nope. I think, you know, now that we're kind of, Talking through it. I think what they're missing is a Gordon Hayward as that number three guy because you look at their top two guys, you got Jalen Brown who's having a, a huge year, Great averaging year. over twenty six points Great a game. Year. A real breakout all star type of year. Jason yep. Tatum still averaging twenty five. Yep. Um and he's been even honest dealing with he had uh COVID and he's been talking yep. about how that's kind of affected his play. Yep. But the third leading scorer on this team is Campbell Walker at sixteen yep. points yep. a game. Yep. And then after that, Marcus Smart, who's their 4th Wing score has been out for, like, yep. three or four weeks. weeks. Yep. So there's a big drop-off between yes. their top – Two guys and the next guy. And Kevin Walker at this point of his career, is he what he was at Charlotte? Probably not. But you would, for what they paid for him, you would want him to be giving you more. Yes. But I think that's where you miss a Gordon Hayward is when you need that, that third guy. When you don't have the quality bigs that they have, you can play him at the four. It'll help stretch the floor. He could be a playmaker. And then he's a guy that can legitimately score, but for whatever reason, it just never worked in Boston.
1: Yeah, it didn't. And honestly, I was talking to, you know, my, my brother in law who is a huge Celtic fan and, God, they're really missing Al Horford mm-hmm. and we're talking about the Al Horford that fit their roster right. really well. Mm-hmm. It's it's likened to you know, Isaiah Thomas in that system mm-hmm. was really good. He left and was just mm-hmm. went missing, you know, mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah, that's that's what they're missing. They're not getting that from Ryan Tice. They're not getting that. I mean, Tristan Thompson's going to still be solid, you know, rebounding. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a great score. We all know that a decent pick and roll guy, but they still need that dominant big man presence and they just don't have it. And like you said, Kimball Walker, you, you're, you pay him all this money. You're hoping that he would give you at least 20, 25 a game. Mm -hmm. And that would really spark this team. And he's not doing that. He's not shooting it very well. um, not looking as explosive. Um, so it's, I mean, Boston, the Boston's of, you know, dare I say four or five years ago, were really good when their bigs were playing solid and, Mm -hmm. How Horford was, and when their point guards were playing yeah. solid, it they don't have either right now, and they're just not playing well.
0: I think the Kemba Walker thing—it's—it's. It's, um, man, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's not. It's not unexpected, but with a guy like him, he's he's been around for a while. Yeah, we're they're yeah. getting him later in his career. He's yeah. not the Kemba Walker in in. In charlotte and it's a different role for him because jason tatum is the clear number one option and jalen brown this year has really emerged as the clear number two so he's really having to play a lot more off the ball which is not really his his specialty but i think i agree with you that it comes down to the bigs yep um when you got the rotation of daniel tice when you have grant williams robert williams and then tristan thompson yeah um it's not a very impressive <laughs> back line. No, not at all. Um, and so, and then add to that, Marcus Smart is a big part of what this team does, especially yes. defensively. defensively yeah. Um, and yeah. so missing him, he's he's a vocal leader. He's the hard nosed energy guy of this yep. team. I mean, he's really the vocal leader of this team. If you think about the guys on this roster, yeah, the rest of his roster is. You know, they're more laid back guys. Yep. Um, and so I think that makes a difference as well in how they play and how they gel as a team. Yep. Um, but I definitely think they need to make a move. They need a, I think they need a big bet in a bad way. Yeah. Um, and you know, if Al Horford, if we could go back in the time machine, it was Al Horford five years ago. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the kind of guy that they Absolutely. need. Absolutely. But they just have kind of, you know, Daniel. Daniel Tice is undersized He shoots decently but he doesn't really give you a whole lot Defensively or in the post or rebounding Tristan Thompson is a a good rebounder But he doesn't really stretch the floor and not really A a rim protector Mm -hmm. Grant Williams is an undersized guy who's a shooter Hard-nosed guy, but not really a traditional big And then Robert Williams is kind of up and down He's got athleticism, he's got that That vertical spacing, but other than that He doesn't really bring anything else to the table So you've got to find a guy that can kind of bring Some of those skills together, but at this point They don't really have a lot to trade with anymore They don't, Uh, and I think that's where you see The loss of, over the years Al Horford Mm -hmm. and Gordon Hayward While they're not what they were when they first got there Those are depth pieces that When they're your fourth or fifth option you're in a much better position than when your fourth or fifth option is. Yeah. God, who knows who their fourth option is right now. Right
1: now, I think Boston ought to be praying that Cleveland buy out Drummond Mm. and they're able to get him for, you know, a discounted price, not heavily discounted, but discounted enough to where you can say, hey, with you, we are a contender in the East. You know, you think about, you know, you've got Brooklyn and, you know, Toronto slash Miami, you know, if they get things going, which, you know, we we both think, especially that Miami has the ability to, Mm -hmm. um, but that puts them, Drummond puts them in that contender category, at least in the East for sure. Um, And because then you can focus on Tristan and those guys coming off the bench Mm -hmm. and supplementing. Um, So, you know, and it's kind of surprising that they didn't go after a guy like Boogie Cousins. Mm. I don't know if they did or not, uh, but Boogie Cousins would have really been a very helpful piece to this team as well. Of course, if he could stay healthy. So, I don't know what other bigs they really are going to be able to afford at this point um, without – and they're not giving up Tatum and they're not giving up right, Brown right. or Kimball probably at this point. So you don't have much, as you were saying, collateral to offer. So mm-hmm. it's just going to be tough for the Celtics, honestly. Yeah. They they better pray for Drummond, honestly, it's this gonna, It's
0: going to take some kind of buyout. I mean, there's always guys in the buyout market that we get surprised by yeah. around that time. So we'll see. I mean, you know, the Lakers got Marquise Morris, and most a lot of people were like, uh – but he ended up being a big key for them key. Winning the championship. He was key. Um so those are the kind of guys that can show up and you don't know how they could possibly help you. Did they go after Dwight Howard? Um, I don't know. I mean Dwight Howard is such a he's he's he actually doesn't fix their biggest problem, which is that he's a big that doesn't space the floor. That's true. He's really only a rebound and a rim protector. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's true. Um so and then, you know, same thing with him and and Boogie Cousins. What can you really rely on them to do? Um Especially at this point in the career with the injuries they've had, what can you reasonably expect? I think they need a a more somebody who's who's ready to play more, and I think that's why they went with a Tristan Thompson, who's been durable, who's been has championship experience, doesn't miss a whole lot of games, but he's just not a super dynamic player. Which you don't even really you don't they don't even really need a super dynamic guy. They just need a guy that's going to be able to anchor the middle, rebound. It'd be great if he could protect the rim and shoot some threes every once in a while. um, A stretch,
1: a stretch guy would be. Yeah. so huge for them. Yeah,
0: I mean, and I think with the Drummond thing could be interesting because then you can play four out basically. With Drummond Drummond can can control the paint, rebound, all do all of those things that you need a big to do. Yeah, and then you can just surround him with Kemba, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen, and um, and and Tatum, and insert whoever. Yeah. Um, Preferably a perimeter guy and then you could just really play quick On offense spread the floor and allow Him to just kind of dominate the paint so It'll be interesting to see what they do because I I do think they need to make a move but I think it may have to end up being somebody that gets Cut or
1: released or bought out
0: Mm -hmm. um, After the
1: all-star break yeah, I mean, are there any other names you can think of that really would benefit them, and they could potentially get? Because we know they can't get guys like Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. That that would be really good. That would be good, uh, but he's
0: been hurt all year. All now. year, so you can't really count on him. Yep. Even even in that in that role, so I don't know. I mean, the the finding the right kind of big is tough in the NBA now. Yep. Because you, you can't be the old school kind of lumbering big and, and survive. You've got to be able to defend on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to shoot. Mm-hmm. So everybody's looking for a three and yeah <laughs> <center. laughs> Everybody wants everybody wants Dwight Howard mixed with uh mixed with JJ Redick and yep. one player. Yep. Let's just do it. But Let's do it. Larry like, Bird, bring what, back bring him back. That and the three and D week are the hardest things to find in the NBA. So we'll have to see how the season works out. And you know, some of these teams fall out of the playoffs. Who's going to be looking to either deal guys or get rid of guys? Yeah. So we'll see. But on the theme of things that we uh, talked about early in the year and have either not come to pass or not quite come to pass is two teams, one in each conference that have been, I would say, honestly, a disappointment. Um, And that's the Atlanta Hawks and the new Orleans Pelicans. Um, New Orleans is near the bottom of the West. um, And Atlanta is not completely the bottom, but they're working their way down there. Um, They're like 10th right now.
1: So which one of these teams do you think is more disappointing right now? Honestly, I'd say New Orleans um, because they have many pieces that they still had last year. You bring back a healthier Zion. uh, You've got J.J. Reddick still, who's still a great shooter. You still have Brandon Ingram, who you expect to, again, take another step. Um, I mean, of course, you lose Drew Holiday, and that's a big piece, but you still have – the core. I mean, you got Lonzo. You've got Josh Hart coming off the bench. You've got the guys to still, you know, make this team be a playoff type of contender. Um, but again, I did not love their their coaching hire. I didn't think that that was the type of guy that they needed. Um, I thought they needed someone with a little bit of youth, um, and will can you know inspire these guys to play a little bit better than they are. It's just not looking good, and Lonzo's not playing the best. Honestly, his shooting stroke does look better. I will give him that. He definitely worked on it. Um, I, I saw him take a few shots uh, Tuesday night, and uh, he, it looked pretty good. But in the end, um, they're not. They're not. They're just not playing well. And I don't know what the issue really is. Um, I've only watched them play a couple of games, so I'll have to watch them a little bit more. But. I just don't understand with that amount of talent how you can't produce wins and and at least be better than the Golden State Warriors who's missing (laughs) a a superstar and they have many brand-new pieces on this team. Uh, And and you have this experience. You're coming back now. Of course, COVID affects a whole lot. We understand that. But still, you have guys who played – well together last year and you just come back and thus far lay an egg. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me. Well uh, I mean you
0: look at the at their team, Zion is having a great year. Yep. Um, and Brandon Ingram's having a great year. But after that, it's just a bunch of. Lonzo Ball is the third leading scorer on this team. If he's your third leading
1: scorer, <laughs>
0: you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Because no offense, he's not a scorer.
1: He's not his brother. He's, yeah. and he his is. brother's not a scorer it's, either. But he can shoot the ball really well yeah. and, you know, get to the cup, to
0: me, a little bit better than Lonzo. Yeah. So, so. But if you're relying on Lonzo Ball to be your third leading scorer, you're, you, he's not that guy. He's no. just not. And nope. he, And, you know, I was looking at his numbers. He's actually having a career year points wise. He's having a career year shooting the ball. Um, his assists are actually down in a year that he's playing better, which is yeah. I think that's a, a a result of them playing him off the ball a little bit more with with um with Bledsoe there now. But I've been really they're twenty third in defense, um, and you would think a team with Steven Adams, Zion Williamson, and, yep. and Lonzo Ball, yep. um Jackson Hayes, those guys, yeah. they can play defense, and uh, and Bledsoe, yep. you would think those guys would be. Uh better but it's it's just not Working um and that was a concern for Them coming into this year they tried to address it with Some of the moves they made but they also In trying to address it they also Traded away their best defender and drew holiday Yep um so I mean I think that can't be overstated that How important he was not just to them defensively But as a leader on that team As well Mm -hmm. um he's a guy who's been there Who's played in big games he was there you know In the Anthony Davis years um And has really turned himself into a really good Player but um that's kind of the disappointing thing because Zion is putting up good numbers. Yes. Brandon Ingram is doing what he needs to do, uh, but it's just the pieces around there. I, I don't know even if you if you say okay, Lonzo shouldn't be your third guy. Who's the third guy? Who's supposed to be the third guy on this team? Man, I mean, because Josh Hart is really just a shooter yeah, for the most part. He's a three and D guy. He, he'll give you a good night Every once in a while But yep. he's not You you don't rely on that He's he's kind of like a Danny Green You don't rely on what he nope, gives you When he all. gives it
1: to you it's, it's, it's bonus It's cherry on top right. Yeah I mean then You got Eric Bledsoe Who's not a prolific scorer mm-hmm. He can get the job done Every now and again Like mm-hmm. you just was mentioning But I mean And then you I mean J.J. Redick But he's not like that Yeah, yeah. That guy who's going to create all these shots—he's not a Steph Curry. He's just a pure shooter. Like yeah. run him off screens. He
0: needs help. Him. He can't make. He can't go get it.
1: Absolutely. This is not his Duke days that he mm-hmm. could go get it. Mm-hmm. This is a veteran JJ Redick now that still is a great shooter, mm-hmm. but cannot create. So that's their issue. You're right. Looking at the rest of their roster, they don't have another guy who can get his own consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, the Lakers would have. Um, uh, what's his name coming up? Schroeder. Off the bench? Not Schroeder, the light skinned, tall dude. Why is his name is me? Thank you, Kyle Kuzma. They don't have one of those guys mm-hmm. who can come off the bench, get their own, and, and be pretty consistent with that. So that's that's their issue right now, and uh, I don't know who it is going to be that's going to step yeah. up. I, I think they're, they've they're a couple pieces away. I don't know yep. if that's in the draft. I don't know if they
0: need to be aggressive because they're stu- it's still a young team overall. Very young. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did bring in Steve Ad- Stephen Adams, who's a veteran who you would you would hope would would be. More of a steadying presence. And I think, I think Stan Van Gundy is a good coach for this team, but I think their roster is just not put together well. I think the pieces they got back in that trade for Drew Holiday outside of the draft picks just weren't, I wasn't really excited about Eric Bledsoe. I wasn't super excited about, you know, those guys that they brought over. So, um, I think seeing how they develop guys in these next couple drafts and how they build this team around because Zion and, and Brandon Ingram are, are bona fide. All stars right now Yes absolutely um, and we, If you have those two guys You're in a really good position um, But yeah. I, I would actually Like to say that the I think the Hawks are the more Disappointing team You think
1: so? All that money They spent this year But that's the thing To me at least It's You don't have a regular off-season, COVID, you know, and it's hard. It's like the Buccaneers, right? You know, they took a while to gel together with all these new pieces and all that. So that's the only reason why I'm giving them a little bit more of a pass versus the Pelicans who have been together already and all of that. But they brought in
0: some new guys. Steven Adams is
1: new. I mean, that's true. Eric
0: Bledsoe is new. But
1: their core is still, you know. But it's young. It it is young. young. That is the key. But, you know, to me, you get all these guys and it's like for the for us with the Bucks, we expected there to be a slower start. They didn't have a regular offseason and then boom, they explode. I'm mm-hmm. still expecting the Hawks to start getting it together after the all-star break. We'll see though. We'll They've, see.
0: They spent a lot of money they did. and they are not in the playoffs. No. And no they're not. not and they're not really close. And the Trey, East is weak. Yeah. Trey <laughs> Young is doing what he needs to do. John Collins has really stepped up yes, this year. Yes. But um Danil Ganari and Bogdan Bogdanovich are both right at or below 10 points a game
1: stinking
0: and it's not like they're bringing anything else defensively or on the boards or in assists or anything like that yeah so if they're not scoring what are they giving to your team Yep. um and so when i looked at their stats and i'm seeing those guys that far down the list yep that you paid all that money for traded all that stuff for it to get um and this is the production you're getting it's it's still the tra- it's basically still the Trey young show which we, we were hoping that Getting some more offensive weapons in there, some more floor spacers, some things would open up for some other guys. But it's really still the Trey Young show because those two guys still... Aren't where they need to be. So, nope. and that was my concern with this team. They added a whole bunch of guys, but did it really make them better? Ray John Rondo, I wish Ian was here, is not helping them at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I so wish he was just still with the Lakers. It'd be nice to just, you know, keep that going. But, you know, he's not helping. But again, Rondo has to be in a system that, you know, he will work for. The Lakers was a perfect system for him. Go in, play with a lot of experienced guys, still some young guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like, A, let me feed the ball to these guys and let me play some defense and then he had a few games where he scored really well
0: regular season rondo is not good playoff rondo playoff is good. rondo is what yeah.
1: you need right, he's not, we're
0: not going to get playoff rondo
1: <laughs> not <laughs> right now please no we're not not
0: that late. so i think you know that team; they were on a certain traje- trajectory. You saw with those young guys, and I think they they kind of saw, "Hey, let's let's try to jump jump this, and let's bring in a veteran like Gallinari, who could shoot and score. Yeah. Let's bring in He He's a younger guy; he's not a veteran, uh, but he's re- a good score playmaker. And it didn't really help them at all.
1: Yeah, uh, you would really, and you'd really hope to get a little bit more from Cam Reddish. too. Yeah. I mean. Ten points, eleven points. It's just like, man, we. But that's the same thing that
0: Bogdanovich and, and Gallinari are averaging, and they've been in the league longer, and they paid all that true. money for them. Yeah,
1: Cam yeah. Reddish is on a on a rookie deal. He is. Well, uh, yes, he's still on a rookie <laughs> deal, but you know, you bring in this guy, and you think you know he's a Duke. He was a star. Duke uh, played really well offensively, and he actually struggled at Duke. He was supposed to be good, but he struggled. At yeah, Duke. he struggled. But I mean, th- there was some there was some hope for mm-hmm. you know yeah. for him to be. You know, pretty good, and uh, you know, but but yeah, I mean, and then you got Clint Capella, who I mean, he's doing well rebounding I mean, wise. 14 and,
0: fourteen and fourteen from him. That's in the two solid. blocks a game. Are, that's are. I mean, I don't know what else. I don't know what we expect from Clint Capella, but I think that's really good. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, it's it's solid, but again, you know, he's your fourth leading scorer, and his offensive game is not very good. No. So you know, it's just yeah, Galinari and Bogdanovich better step it up for them. Yeah. And they quickly, quickly. and yes. quickly yep. or
0: we will be looking at them again not being in the playoffs and then They're going to be looking to unload some of these, (laughs) some of these guys. And then, you know, there's, there's talk about John Collins, whether or not they actually want to re-sign him to a long-term deal. Are they looking to trade him this season? That could be a name, um, for one of these younger teams that has Mm -hmm. some cap space, a team like maybe Dallas that has some cap space. We need a big, we could bring this athletic guy in to play alongside Luca and Mm -hmm. Kristaps. Um, that's going to be a name to watch in this trade cycle because they may, they drafted a center this past year. They have Capella already. They do. Do they even, Are they even thinking about extending him? And are they going to try to trade him to get some value before he hits free agency?
1: Yeah, I mean, my my ideal is normally if you're not going to re-sign him, you better get something for Mm -hmm. him. Like, why lose out on a guy and not get anything? Um, I'm not huge on letting guys go to the free agency. I'm like, look, we either go. But he is
0: a restricted free agent. He's restricted, right? Mm -hmm. So
1: I'm just like, hey, we either going to get something or uh, something's going to shake. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
0: Um. So while we're talking about trade, um. A lot, of, a lot of talk about A lot of guys Bradley Beals would mentioned a lot I just don't think He's going to get dealt nope. I don't think Washington Wants to do it um, You know We talked a little bit About John Collins mm-hmm. What other teams Or players Are you looking at In this trade market um,
1: This year Gosh I mean I don't know about trades Of course We, we mentioned Andre Drummond And I know you said that you would prefer him to go to Dallas over Boston, yeah. you know. They need a,
0: they need a, they need a big to help with that defense.
1: Yeah, and somebody that can get an easy bucket. So many of their
0: buckets are either threes or just really difficult shots. Yeah, and Drummond he can he can get in the paint. He could dunk. He could even do some playmaking things as well. Yeah, um, and their bigs are just outside of out of uh, Chris Stops. It's it's not very impressive behind them. It's Willie Collie, Stein, and <laughs> Dwight Powell. So I think they would even be willing to do a trade. Yeah, um, because they have some some cap space. For from the moves they made this offseason And then they could decide this year Okay we'll just do a one year rental with Drummond Or if he does well bring him back next year And we've got a pretty solid team So I, I really like Andre Drummond in Dallas mm-hmm. um, Brooklyn if they were in a different financial situation would make sense But he makes a lot of money And I yeah. just don't they don't have enough to piece it together yeah. um, And then there's an opportunity that he might get bought out Because he's in the last year of his contract And then that's when the market really opens up What What teams might be interested in a guy like him
1: Yeah I mean I mean, other guys, honestly, I'm I'm always curious about what's going to happen with Kevin Love potentially, but um, we have no idea. But Mm -hmm. uh, Al Horford will be another name because he got a lot of money and it's not working out a whole lot honestly and
0: he's, he's playing decent in um in new uh not oklahoma city uh 14 and 6 coming off the bench i mean he's that's i think that's pretty solid
1: center numbers yeah um especially for him i mean he's shooting well from 3 yeah but they may they may want depending on you know if anyone calls it like if a contender needs a guy like mm-hmm. that which you know could be um, that could potentially be a name and of course Blake Griffin what yeah. what is going to happen with him and i've seen a few different trade rumors you know oh will he end up with the lakers and no he will not first of all he's not
0: getting traded he's got like 2 years like over 50 million left yeah. on his year deal and i i just they they'd have to eat a lot of money to buy him out yep he'd have to get, either give up a lot of money or they'd have to eat a lot of money and i don't if i'm Blake Griffin y'all could send me I, he's you know they send him home yep i'll sit at home and make my money that's cool absolutely never mind to me i get paid either way
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean so that's why i'm curious to see if anything shakes with him you know because again if i'm him i don't want to go to some you know scrubby team Mm -hmm. i've never well not let me not say never but i haven't been able to compete for a championship like i want to yeah and of course when after i leave the clippers now they're really good so it's like all right you know for him it's like Get me to a contender potentially, and again, like you said, there's a lot of money on his contract still. So yeah. you know,
0: yeah, I I don't know how good he is anymore. I mean, he hasn't dunked all year. That's been a big thing that, that people are looking at. Like, yeah. okay, his his, his athleticism mm-hmm. with all the injuries he's had has just gone. Yeah. Um, so, what kind of player is he? Even in a limited role, what mm-hmm. can he do? Now he's a much better shooter than he was in with the Clippers. Yeah, uh, he can still handle the ball. He can still be a, kind of a secondary playmaker for you, but. Is he gonna really commit to doing the dirty work as a defender, yeah. as a rebounder yeah. or a team that needs a big, like a you know, in the buyout market, a team like the Nets mm-hmm. or a team like Dallas or a team
1: like Boston? Boston. is yep. he gonna?
0: Because he's he's not gonna be obviously he's not gonna get fifteen touches in the post every game on those no. teams. Nope. So is he gonna be committed to doing those things? I'm just not sure mm-hmm. um, what he is or if he can even be that. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know, but those are the names that, you know, come to mind currently, at least. I think the other, some of the teams to look at, um, Toronto, are they going to be buyers or sellers going into, they've been a name linked with Andre Drummond as well. Yeah, they have. Um, but if they're out of the playoffs, they look to deal a guy like a Kyle, Kyle Lowry, who in a in a, depending on the situation could be helpful. Like could a Dallas, look at him and say, we could use a some veteran help. the Point guard position. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is Pascal Siakam, a young guy who hasn't quite lived up to the contract that he has, yep. could he be a guy that a team like a Sacramento or somebody else says, huh, we could take a
1: shot on him? Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for them to have – Well, I, let me not say completely because <laughs> I don't know how it could potentially work with coaching, but does Drummond and Siakam make sense having both of those guys? And then, too, would they be able to afford both? Yeah. Well, I guess if there's a He's buyout. A free,
0: well, yeah, and Drummond is a free agent yeah. after this season. So. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know if that would make sense for them. But you paid F- Fred Van Vliet a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, you did pay P- Pascal Siakam a decent amount of money. Um, and I just don't see them being a contender in the East without making a move. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, did, they went from winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was that was Nurse's first year, right? Yeah. They win a championship. They're decent the next year, mm-hmm. you know. But well, they kept losing guys. I mean, they had you had uh um, Lost Kawhi Leonard the yep. first year.
0: Then you lose um, Ibaka, Serge Ibaka. You lose um, Marcus mm-hmm. um and they lost another um, another guy that I'm blanking on. But you know, the, over time, you keep losing people yeah. and not really adding. Not really reloading, right? <laughs> Fred Van Vliet, Ooh, come and get this money. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, Toronto is in a in a tough spot because yeah. they've got you know their leader Kyle Lowry is an aging player. They gave him that money, and I think he deserved it just because he'd been there, won a championship, been kind of the face of that team for so long. He played really well in those finals, yeah. Oh and he, abso- I mean, he goodness. absolutely was a big part of that. So I understand why they paid him, but now they're in the situation where we need to kind of pivot now because we we're not in a situation where we're winning and we don't really have a whole lot of money to be upgrading the
1: roster. And you don't have a whole lot to like look forward to either yeah. because. You got Van Vliet, who, again, is good, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever going to be, like, special. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say that because I like him. but um, And then you have Pascal, who was special in those NBA finals. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen— But that was as a third— third fourth option now he's
0: the number one two guy and you're like i don't
1: know if he's quite that guy i think it's crucial for us to always consider like when when there's not pressure for you Mm, to be the man you can really go out there there's no pressure for Lamelo; he can go out there and just play freely and he's playing really well but that pressure when you're like hey we need you to be this it burst, it burst some pipes it for some of these guys, does. you it know, and we're does. seeing
0: that with Pascal. Roles matter. Like, yes. there's, there's reasons some guys can put up numbers as the number two guy yep. or the number three guy. But when you say, okay, I'm taking over the team. Like everybody can't be a James Harden. No. You're the third option or fourth option on a team. Nope. And then you go to a team and then you become. One of the best scorers in the NBA. That's not, that's not a realistic scenario for everybody. Yep. Some people thrive in that role of, okay, I just kind of pick my spots or like a Lou Williams, I come off the bench. Yep. I'm aggressive off the bench. Absolutely. I do what I need to do here, but I'm not a starter. Yep. I'm not going to run a team. I'm not going to be the number one option on a championship team. Yep. I'm going to be the guy that comes off the bench and gives this team a boost. And so role really matters. And yep. I think for Pascal Siakam, he's one of those guys. I think I don't, he just doesn't quite have the skills of a number one. No. But When he's your second option or even third option, um,
1: really optimally You've really got a, a player That can really Work well in that role Yeah for sure I mean it's It was a Sight to see him Like dog On the Warriors The mm-hmm. way he did in the finals yeah. And like you said Him Hey I can go out there I've got Kawhi I've got Kyle Lowry Playing well yeah. I got a big And Marcus. I'm good yeah. And he went out and balled And now it's just whoo yeah. <laughs> it's i mean it's kind of like you know um scotty pippen he leaves the bulls he was still good yeah but he just wasn't a to me he wasn't like the number one guy right. you know f- that you build a, a franchise around yeah. you know it was michael jordan he played well beside him exactly so you know hey.
0: um, the other team houston i think is a team not as buyers but as sellers um they've got pj tucker who i believe is on an expiring deal eric gordon on that team as well as um is, is Boogie Cousins a guy that you buy out if you're not going to be c- competing? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a team that may be looking to either buy out people or make some trades to get more assets um, than what they already have um, <sighs> from the James Harden deal. So, Gosh, man. I've and PJ been- Tucker, I think, could really help some teams. Oh, of course. Could really help some teams. So I think people are really going to be calling about him, um, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And uh, Victor Oladipo, another th- guy. Yes, that was the other name I was thinking about, Victor Oladipo, because he could help some contenders yeah. as well. Even if now he he would have to, you know, be not not prideful mm-hmm. and take the role that he may mm-hmm. need. You know, hey, we we don't need you to be as special as you were with Indy. Yeah. You know, we just need you to be solid off the bench potentially, mm-hmm. or you know. Pot- Depending on where he goes, maybe be a starter. But um, yeah, that would be another name I'm, I'm curious about. I just feel so bad for uh, what's his name. Is his name last name is Silas. Steve Silas, yes. coach. Oh God, what a terrible yeah, thing abrupt, man. for thought. him to inherit his first year, and then. Anyways, I, I just feel so <laughs> bad for him. Anyway, like they're going to be bad for a, a few more years, years. and yeah. it's just it's not his fault. It's but bad. he just inherited, you know. And now this is going to be a stain on his
0: coaching. Resume for
1: however long he exactly keeps coaching. So a black man gets a job and Look. he's like, "This is what he inherits." So real quick, the other thing I want to
0: talk about um, <laughs> basketball related is college still the best option mm. for elite college mm. basketball um, prospects. Here's here's why I say that. So the G League started. They, they're doing a bubble in Orlando. Yes, um, I forgot how many teams. I think it's like twenty or twenty three teams or something like that. So it's not every G League team. Um, But one of the things they're doing this year is this G G League Ignite team, which Mm -hmm. is made up of, um, I believe it's four or five of these top, I want to say 20, 25 college basketball recruits who either had committed to college and backed out or just are going straight to the G League. And they put them with some veterans and they're playing against other G League teams. Yep, Um, These players get the elite players are getting $500,000 to play out this season. Yep. Um, A bunch of other perks, including, and I didn't know this until I I looked it up. They get a a full scholarship to Arizona state Mm. for school. Mm -hmm. Um, So these kids aren't playing in college. They they're getting paid. They're getting to play against professional players with professional players. Brian Shaw is the coach of the ignite team. Um, So they're getting professional coaching for a year before they enter the draft. Yep. So with all of that, In mind Mm -hmm. and knowing what we know about College is college still the best Option
1: For elite college basketball players or high school (sighs) Basketball players I I would say no honestly And here's the thing I love You know March Madness I love you know the atmosphere Of rivalry games Duke North Carolina um, You know Some of those type of rivalries but In the end I'm all For players being paid for you know what they do and uh now if if you get to a school and you you got a a wage or you got you know christian working you know for someone <laughs> and getting them more than 500,000 which you know uh then then i that guess that doesn't happen in college Keith I, does it I, right you what? Know, <laughs> if they can somehow get 500,000 you know or more yeah cool you get to go to school you get to be you know the man on campus Mm -hmm. you get you know all these type of really cool you know perks and you know it's cool but if i'm a if if it's my son and i'm like hey you get a chance to go get you know nba coaching you get to be paid well Mm -hmm. enough um you know five hundred thousand for a kid out of high school is a big deal yeah um yeah, and you get that type of experience. I'm saying the G League is a yeah. better option um, if you're a guy who you're not elite and you need you know some years to be solid. Go go to college, get you an education, get get to play for free, and uh, get that experience. But for those guys who can normally be a one and done, go go to that G League. Go to that G League. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, I it's a really interesting option. The the thing that's I actually watched. Um, Ignite play a couple games yeah. So they got Jalen Green who's a top 5 Draft prospect, uh, shooting guard Who's really quick, really athletic mm-hmm. Jonathan Kaminga who was the number 1 Rated player in 2021 Reclassified so, and then went to the G League Yes um, And he's really been kind of the standout He's a six, eight wing, got good size yep. Able to play both sides of the, of the ball uh, But they also have Isaiah Todd Who was a top 5 recruit in, in this Most recent class, was supposed to go to Michigan Backed out to go to the G League the issue is you get too many of these guys on a team, somebody at some point isn't going to get the shine that they deserve. Yep. Um, and so I would still say for for people getting their eyes on you, mm-hmm. college is probably still better because you're going to be on national TV more. G League games just aren't on national television. That's you're not going to see that. That's true. Um, you're going to be playing against other elite schools when you're at an elite school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you play your cards right, you'll be in a good position, especially if you can get to the tournament and make yep. some noise and do yep. some things. Yep. Um, but the G League, if they could, if they continue to develop this idea, if, if they can expand these rosters, having more teams for people to go to yep. and kind of spread things out a little bit, I think you could really see this become a real option. Because if you can get paid, you're getting mentorship, you're getting, yes. I mean, they're doing academies and stuff for them um, and, and teach them how to be a pro before they become a pro. I mean, that's invaluable for some of these guys Rather than go to school for a year And for a degree that you're not going to go back and finish Probably not After your first, after you're done with basketball It's not like you're staying in school for the summer No, you're going to the NBA Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, And then the other interesting piece Like this year, um, most recently Dukes, Jalen Johnson, who's a top 10 NBA draft prospect Has some injury issues But he decided to opt out
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, this week So you have players who are even in college And are kind of looking at the landscape saying, you know, Duke isn't having a really good year. I'm not going to be in the tournament. Let me just opt out and work. work. So imagine if that guy was in the G League where he's playing meaningful games against top level competition. being paid. Being paid. Yep. And you're still preparing for the NBA draft, but against probably better competition. Yeah. And you're actually getting
1: compensated. Yep. And what I hope, Malcolm, is that, you know, hey, we know NCAA, they're, you know, all about, getting their money, Mm -hmm. you know, staying rich Mm -hmm. and white and very white. (laughs) Um, But I just hope that this forces them to realize, okay, we need to pay some of these guys if we want to continue to be competitive in that college basketball realm. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, March Madness is great, but here's the thing, like March Madness won't be as great when you can't have – 40,000 people in a in a packed out arena, you know, to watch those games be played. Uh, so NCAA has a lot of decisions to make. Yeah. Uh, and I know money is a huge factor for them. Uh, so, hey, NCAA, I know you guys are listening. <laughs> you may want to figure out making sure these guys are paid uh, so that way you have something to potentially negate that, that G League because the G League is going to start taking some of those top guys, yeah. no question. Yeah.
0: And shout out to I don't feel i don't feel bad for this. shout out to Christian Dawkins. Yes, sir. Christian Shout out to Christian Dawkins. My dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um let's switch over to some football. Oh, uh thank the Lord. big news JJ Watt <laughs> getting released by the Texans. Not a surprising move, uh, but a big a big one, you know, yeah. they up until this point was their franchise, the face of that franchise. Um he's going to be in high demand. Yes. Um so yes. let's just get right to
1: it. What what teams are our, our situations you think would be good for J.J. Watt? First of all, Houston, you couldn't get nothing for him. Like, that's, again, let me go back to what I just said. If it's me, and I'm an owner, and J.J. Watt I know is valuable, I'm going to look to at least get some type of draft compensation, something.
0: Here's the thing. I think my same thing with their head coaching move in this move. I think this is a PR move. Because they're looking really bad in the Deshaun Watson situation, yeah, with how they've kind of treated him, how they haven't developed this team, and then how they've completely disregarded his opinion in all their decisions, yeah. Um, I think this was a PR move to say, "Hey, you know, JJ wants to be in a better situation. Let's just give him the." The release, he can go where he wants to go, yeah, and yeah. then do the set, they'll do the big send off, like oh he's you know salute to him for working hard as he did. He was a face of our community and all that stuff. Yeah, um, and they did I, they didn't want to deal with the headlines of they're trying to trade JJY and they can't find the right situation yeah. and all that stuff. So this to me. It's great for J.J., but this was a complete PR move by them. They didn't want to take the hit Mm -hmm. of having to deal with whatever circus
1: comes with that situation. Look, at this point, it's already bad enough. You might as well grab you a couple draft picks (laughs) and move on, you know, but for you to get nothing. Anyways, uh, you don't have much in your organization anyways. So um, first of all. I, there's no way I want you know I do not want him going to Pittsburgh I hate I would hate for him to go five-year deal Steelers N- no way <laughs> but let me tell you this um even though they're in division the Browns would be really fun and well yeah, he's released, so he can sign anywhere that's what I'm saying yeah. I'm saying the Browns will be fun uh-huh. uh for for them to get him oh yeah uh I mean you partner him with Miles Garrett and you're talking about one of the scariest defensive lines mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland was already you know putting the moves in place, and if they decide to put Odell on the trading block, they could potentially get another piece or two that makes them dare I say Super Bowl contenders mm-hmm. um just because I mean again, you talk about a team that was wearing down Kansas City mm-hmm. and just couldn't make they Oh God. Anyways, I'm not gonna talk about Chad Henney anymore. But um so Cleveland <laughs> goat, <yeah>. Chad <laughs> Cleveland Cleveland would be fun. Uh the Buffalo Bills would be really fun. If they could get the money right for him, I think they he would make their defense even more formidable. Mm-hmm. Um take a little bit more pressure off the offense of having to score as much. Mm-hmm. Um that would be fun. So and, and then Arizona would also yeah, be fun. On my list. Uh, so those are my top three yeah. uh so, yeah, I mean, Duke Hopkins already putting out his uh, his recruiting oh, pitches. Everybody,
0: everybody's recruiting everybody now. Just, everybody. Come on, JJ. It's like, like, I don't even know you. Come play with us. Who are you? Um Arizona, uh, yeah, Arizona was definitely on my list. Yep. Um, Seattle's on my list. They mm. need some help. Pass rush. They need some help up front. That defense, they got to rebuild it. They had, they picked up Jamal Adams this year, but they, and they picked up Dunlap, who Cost was actually Um big pickup for them last yeah. year for yeah. what yeah. he gave them. Yep. Uh, but I think JJ Watt, that'd be a good situation for him as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, the Green Bay Packers. Um, he's you know played at Wisconsin. Yep. Um, it kind of be a homecoming for him. Homecoming. They, they need some impact defensive players. They do. Um, a team to watch, and I think it it all depends on what they do. Other things they do this offseason, but the Jacksonville Jaguars. They could use a veteran like J.J. Watt, depending on how they build this team. And yeah. you, don't, you don't really know what Urban's going to do at, yeah. the, at the pro level. Yeah. We'll see. But that could be a really interesting situation if they're in a position to be good yeah. and be contending. They'll have a young quarterback, but they've got a lot of money, a lot of draft picks. They, they, can, do. they can do some things.
1: Yeah, I just... I don't know if I'm Jacksonville if I want to take that risk on J.J., who's hurt almost mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, um, And... and On the flip side, I don't know if I'm JJ, if I'm saying, all right, it's going to be y'all may make the playoffs potentially depending on the moves y'all make, but it's still going to be tough. Maybe I want to go for a for sure contender Mm -hmm. um, versus someone who's, you know, getting a first year head coach, which we still, you know, jury's still out on how Mm -hmm. well he's going to do. You're going to have a first year, you know, young quarterback. Um, and there's a lot of pieces that they need So I'm not sure if that would be a, a good Good fit mm-hmm. but I'm definitely with you With Arizona and uh, Seattle Would be interesting I just Seattle's always that team that disappoints me At this point because mm-hmm. they, they play so well Then it gets down to crunch time and they just yeah. Don't play well yeah. Um. And I'm, if I'm J.J. Watt I'm looking at That saying man I don't know if they're going to be Able to ever get over the hump mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know I we'll think It really starts on, on the defensive
0: End end of the field and running game for them. They've got to find a way to get a running game and build up that defense to what it was when that team was good. It was the defense Absolutely. and the offense complemented for sure. And now it's the other way around almost yeah. too far where the defense is just not good. <laughs> yeah. And the offense is really have to carry it. So yeah. I think they're going to invest money and resources this offseason in mm-hmm. trying to get that defense right. They got Jamal Adams. And yeah. Now they need to build out that that defense, particularly that defensive front which was really ineffective yeah. uh, last year. The other team that I think um I think needs a player like him are the are the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um they need impact defensive players. Yes, they we do. saw that all last year. Yep. Um and they could he I think he'd be a good veteran for that team, develop, yeah. help develop some of those younger guys and be a, a really good a productive player for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, because they're not getting what they wanted out of Cleveland Farrell, who they took way too high. Way too high. Um, But uh, yeah, not getting what they want from him, and uh, yeah, JJ could be huge on that line, and also provide, like you said, some of that mentorship Mm -hmm. for maybe a guy like Cleveland to take another step, because I think he has potential. I just don't think he was, you know, that worthy. You know, but uh, but yeah, I think that that's that's another good pick, Malcolm. Like I like Oakland. I mean, Or Las Vegas yeah. I, like, I, like I, that. I keep wanting to call him Oakland too uh, Go back to Oakland guys
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, So yeah I, I, He's going to be a guy I think that he can wait a little bit uh, In this oh, offseason yeah. He's not going to make a decision Unless he has a place in mind already that he wants to go um, <sighs> I think he has. He can wait to see how some of these other teams build What guys get released and cut and yeah. And stuff like that um, and see maybe even teams trying to make room For him and then what kind of contract is he going to want He's made a lot That's of money the question in Houston Yep got a buyout out of Houston so is he Going to be looking to get you know one more payday Or is he going to be looking to kind of go come in on a Lower deal and get on
1: a contender and win Yeah kind of what the Buccaneers have done with some of Their guys this past year yep and uh, Yeah I mean a lot of great Defensive players uh, in this Upcoming free agency mm-hmm. so uh i mean some reports are saying he's seriously considering the browns and that, of course you know that would be great for that. it really would be. Is vernon is he still is olivier vernon still there yeah is he a, he's not a free agent this I don't year. think he's a free agent no i don't but um even if he was him and miles garrett they don't necessarily need him unless you know i mean some but injuries you, COVID. you put
0: those three on that line yeah do, and you and you you know, you have to double team Miles Garrett at this point. He's not a guy that you could single cover. That's that's great for J.J. Watt. He's yes, going to be really productive in that yep. situation. Um, other NFL news: the big headline last week: um, Chris Chris Doyle, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Urban Meyer hired him to be I don't know some kind of in some medical um, position training staff position but if you don't know that name he got fired from iowa for some racial comments and player abuse at iowa um he got fired from there in june and then urban hires him of course and then of course everybody's like why are you hiring this guy and for about a week and a half uh (laughs) they're just like and then they finally fired him so, I mean... Well, he, I,
1: no, actually, he stepped down. Re- he resigned, you Yeah, know, right? mm-hmm. Resigned. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. you know,
0: right. Yeah. Forced out. <laughs> um, so what What do we make of this situation? What does this tell you either about the Jaguars, about Urban Meyer? Like, what, what can we take away from this situation?
1: Malcolm, I hate to say this, but I have no idea. <laughs> like, what in the world are they thinking? I just... First of all, how does that make these black players on this team feel? Right. Uh oh! You're okay with you know like here's a funny thing like of course we're Christians we believe in second chances you know Joe Mixon a guy who beat his woman you mm-hmm. know gets a second chance Kareem Ray Rice Hunt. Kareem Hunt all these guys well, get second Ray chances. Rice didn't get a second chance <laughs> Well I mean he got technically didn't get like reinstated but he never yeah, he like, never
0: do and yeah he didn't but at least he got reinstated yes.
1: which still says a lot right you know so the NFL I, I, is at least willing you know Antonio Brown it was crazy and mm-hmm. now he's a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about guys who make racial slurs, you have to think about, is this his identity? Right. Um, That's the issue with Marty Brenneman, the Reds, uh, you know, uh, play caller. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to have another job. Mm -hmm. You talk about these type of guys that make, you know, these type of comments. um, And you have to wonder, you know, oh, they, of course, have to make apologies. They have to go through diversity training Mm -hmm. and whatever and, you know, whatever else they have to do. But um, it, it just it blew my mind when I read that. I just could I couldn't understand what Urban was thinking. Number one, mm-hmm. like Urban, you know better. You know you've been in news for Does many he? wrong reasons. <laughs> you well, at least you should know better uh-huh. by now. Um, and then two for Jacksonville, like well, this is the biggest offseason season in you guys' franchise history. You guys have the opportunity to potentially <laughs> become a contender overnight, uh-huh. and you allow this guy to come in. Yeah. So I just. Bro, I don't know. I don't know what this man said. He he had to prepare some type of grace sermon or something for them to even Bruh. consider him. Bro,
0: it's and then the explanation of it. I think is what the worst part was. Oh, I've known this guy for twenty years. We vetted it. Everything's fine. Urban, this was like five months ago. Like this I wasn't mean, three five. This wasn't five no. years ago or even a year ago. No, this was five months ago that this guy got fired. <laughs> and so I think you know. I, they try he, I think he tried to sneak him in. I think he honestly, they, they had pretty much filled up their staff. Yeah. And he's done a, he's put together a really good staff in Jacksonville. Yes, yes. Um, and then he thought he could slip it. He's not over the whole training department, but he's in a, a leadership position. So yeah. they thought, okay, we can put him in there, groom him to eventually take over and then be the guy. Um, but they, you can't s- sneak a name like that. No. That, that recently was just in the headlines for this. Nope. With racist remarks and player abuse. Five months ago. Right. You you just can't in NFL. So my thing is, who had oversight over this decision? Seriously. Was this, did the, did the owner just say urban, whoever you bring in, we trust you. Or Mm -hmm. did they, or did urban say, this is the guy I want to hire. And everybody was like, well, what, what's his background. They went through it and they were just like, cool, whatever. That's the question I have is, did urban make this decision on Obviously he has a relationship with this guy and he likes this guy. Yeah. um, And they have a history Uh, and if we're honest about it, Urban has some other questionable hires. You will talk about Zach Smith, that yep. whole situation. Yep. Um, you will talk about some of the other behavioral things they dealt with at Florida, mm-hmm. whether it's Aaron Hernandez or other guys mm-hmm. in that situation. There's things that you start to question. Yep. The pattern is starting to be does character really matter or is he, is, is he all about protecting the
1: people that he knows can be productive for him right. and protecting the people that he likes. But then, and more importantly, What does this mean if you're saying, oh, I've known this guy for 20 years? Because if you make one remark, Mm -hmm. you've made seven other ones that went, you know, unaddressed Mm -hmm. and undealt with. Yeah. Um, You know, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this also says about urban in the sense of like who is in your circle of influence and who is these people that you hang around To the sense you can say a guy, oh, I've known him for 20 years. But for 20 years, he's probably been saying racist stuff. And you ain't done nothing about it. And you ain't done nothing. (laughs) So, yeah, I just, you know, and even if, like, let's just say he was one of the best coaches in his, you know, field. It is not worth the negative PR that's coming to have this guy come in. Yes.
0: Um, And now everything that you do for the rest of this offseason is under a microscope. Absolutely. You had an opportunity with this team, with this situation, They have the number one pick, all these other draft picks, all of this money. You could have really cemented this team. But now you're going to be every move that you make from here on out is going to be heavily, heavily scrutinized. Yep.
1: Hugh Freeze would have been a better option. Like I mean, that, I mean, seriously. At least he's up more than a year removed. Exactly. From- <laughs> right. You know. So, but you know, hey, whatever.
0: Whatever. We so, I, he's going to be under the microscope now from whether it's ownership um, and the top of that team and everybody else looking at every decision that they make, whether it's yep. signing a player or bringing other people into that team. Yep. Uh, he's going to be scrutinized now because of that because that's that's got everybody's alarm bells up. Sure has mine up for sure. So shout out to Urban once again. Mm. Just making me scratch my head. Yep. Uh, last thing we'll talk about, um, Gus Malzahn hired as a head coach at UCF. Yeah. Uh, almost, just got fired from um, Auburn. After, you know, I looked at his, his resume, it's a pretty successful successful run. They yeah. had, They went to two SEC championship games, one-one, um, and, one, um, and went to one national championship game under
1: him. Uh, good, good hire, great hire, or eh hire? I think it's a good hire. And a matter of fact, it's probably I no, I'm gonna go great higher mm-hmm. because you, you talk about UCF, they're not gonna get, you know, um The Ryan Days, Mm -hmm. the you know Nick Sabans, Mm -hmm. Dabo Sweeney's—they're not getting those guys. They would have gotten those guys like when those guys were GAs or other things like that. Like, hey, this is my first big job. Yeah, but you're not going to get guys like Gus Malzahn often. Yeah. Um. So the fact that you're getting a guy who knows what it takes to win and in one of the best conferences in all of college football, um will help recruiting at least yeah. um, to get some guys to say, okay, you know, we can go and play for a guy like this because he's got the experience. Now he's got to get the right coaching staff around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think it, it definitely will help them. And I think it will continue their type of success that they've been having mm-hmm. and could put them in a conversation soon to say hey we may need to get in a better conference Mm -hmm. so that way we can compete for national championships and those type of things Mm -hmm. um so uh i think yeah think about it now um before i was just saying good but i think i think it's a great hire actually yeah i mean he's he's one of the innovators of
0: the spread offense um that spread up tempo offense i should say yeah um and he's you know even if they haven't had the on-field success they've been putting guys in the NFL at Auburn. He's been recruiting really well. And UCF is in a good position because they're in the state of Florida. Yep. So you can get two- and three-star guys that would be higher stars in other states. Yep. Um, they can get speed guys. And for his system, you need guys like that. And they've got a quarterback in in uh, Dylan Gabriel yep. who's really good. Yep. Um, so I love this hire for them. It gives them a guy who who's going to come in, have immediate cachet with that locker room. Um, teams like UCF also have to be aggressive in the transfer portal Yes, when guys from these top programs – Um, Tennessee, come here, (laughs) buddy. That are looking to to get playing time where they weren't getting at Alabama or Georgia. They can see a guy like Gus Malzan and say, Okay, Mm -hmm. he knows how to he knows how to play at a high level. Let's go there and play for him.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's 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 gonna be I mean, he's gonna have a better career as a head coach at UCF Mm. than the UCF coach that just left to go to Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. Yeah. Uh, so that UCF is going to be a fun program to watch the next few years because I think he's really going to continue their success yeah. and again raise that 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 eyebrow to say, Man, do we need to try to see? Mm-hmm. They're in Florida, yep. they're going to be able to recruit. Yep. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, it's great, it's great for them.
0: And shout out to my man, Josh Hypole, who did uh leave UCF to go be the head coach of Tennessee. He's a sooner, so I always support my sooners. <laughs> um, well, that's it for today, this two-in-one special, but we're going to end with our parting words.
1: So, Keith, yeah, give us your parting words for tonight. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, it is, well, we're recording this on Wednesday, and uh, on Wednesdays, I'd like to shout out a lot of our uh, women who are doing great things, and right now, um, tonight, at least, and we'll know the results probably by the time you hear this podcast, but Serena Williams is getting mm. ready to play Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, I mean, just shout out to them. They are killing the game. Serena has been a game changer for women's tennis. And uh, Naomi is a bright future Mm -hmm. uh, for women of color uh, in that sport. So uh, excited to watch them two uh, go at it. It's a sad shame one of them uh, is going to have to be eliminated. But Mm -hmm. um, shout out to them. And secondly, shout outs to John Franklin III. Uh, a star from the show Last Chance You, playing with Buddy heel at EMCC. <laughs> he won a Super Bowl. Oh, Malcolm, yes, yeah, went to Auburn and then you know got picked up by Tampa Bay and now he's a Super Bowl champion. What a story! He didn't play. Did he play in the um, one of those other leagues? Uh I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did too. And then he got picked up by Tampa yeah. Bay. And look at that! <laughs> what a story! A Super Bowl champion, Malcolm. Look at him. Shout look out at to him.
0: him. Um. Mine is going to be on, on a sadder note. Um, Vincent Jackson, uh, oh, man, great man. NFL wide receiver, um, was found dead um, this week. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just one of those really sad stories. I remember seeing him. He was an absolute you know, monster <sighs> of a wide receiver. Stud. Um, and, you know, to, for this to happen the year that Tampa Bay finally gets to the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl, he was a, a longtime Buccaneer player, really productive player for them. So want to shout out to him and his family yes. in this uh, really tough time of, of dealing with this loss. And, you know, he was 38, uh, really young, so young young guy. Um, don't want to speculate too much, but the police have already said they believe there might be some alcoholism or yeah. some, other, some other issues there. So prayers and shout outs to his family. And then one more parting word, Tim Tebow retiring from baseball, mm. um, you know, didn't have quite the football career we had hoped yep. at the pro level, but gave it a shot as a, as a baseball player, got up in the minor league ranks did some things. Even got, a, I believe, he got an invite to the Mets' uh, spring training this year. But yeah. he decided to hang it up. Just got married. He's doing. Um SEC network, commentating and things like that. So Ew. he's found a good little career. He's gonna be fine. Meanwhile, Johnny Manziel is still out here trying to play football. Johnny
1: football these baby. Are, have you
0: seen this other league that he's in? Ah, uh, it's terrible. It is. It's weird. I don't. I don't. It's like arena league yeah. flag football. I don't even know what it is. It's
1: flag football. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's know. It's terrible, what it is.
0: bro. Like even like their pads don't even look like real. It's bizarre. I don't even know. I feel like. That's where Cardell Jones is playing. Now. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Olivia Vernon is a uh, free agent this year, yeah, so huh? uh, that's going to be interesting to watch as well. You know Vernon. Yep. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is
0: it for this two in one special. Shout out to Ian. Couldn't be with us today, Ian. We miss you, bro. We miss you. We were going to talk about Fernando Tatis and his deal, but you're not here, so we won't. Uh, oh, baseball Oh guys
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So from Columbus, Ohio By way of Cincinnati But you know he still roots for the home team It's Keith Turner Jr. We are all going to be witnesses again Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> witnesses. And here also in the capital city By way of several other places It's your boy Malcolm Morgan This has been the 3 in 1 podcast We'll see you all next time